You're now tuned in to this week's episode of For the Youth Podcast. Today, we continue sharing our collective expertise that'll show you how to harness your mind, understand your body, and control your movements to achieve consistent success and become a strong leader in your generation. And now, please welcome your hosts, Sean Singleton and Bridget Hosick. What's up, guys? I'm Sean Singleton, a.k.a. Sean the Speaker, and I am really excited to be joining you for Episode 1 of For the Youth Podcast, where youth are all that matter. Here with me today, as always, is your co-host and co-founder of For the Youth, Inc., Bridget Hosick, who brings such a unique perspective from a lifetime experience of being an advocate for positive movement and strengthening the mind using unconventional methods. So, Bridget, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, so my name is Bridget Hosick and I am an unconventional international master trainer. Uh, I'm here because I love Sean's passion for the youth and partnering with him in this journey has ignited a passion in me for the youth as well. I feel like there's a really great opportunity here to use the same energy, training, and tactics I've used with professional fighters and high-caliber athletes all across the globe. It's going to be amazing to do the same thing with this audience. I mean, I've mostly worked with adults, but to be able to transition into this platform and bring the same passion I have for this generation of young people and helping them build both mental toughness and strong bodies is something I cannot wait to do and continue to do using my voice. Yeah, 100% B, because I believe that we've proven over these last few months how your skill set is translatable and really can be broken down into something that is repeatable, sustainable, and leads to consistent results every time. It's just as if we're working with adults, because a lot of times adults are in the same spaces as our younger generations. The only difference is age, income, and responsibility for their own freedom. So young people or growing adults, as I like to call them, it's because that's exactly what they are, which is honestly what we all should strive to be. And that's continuing to grow into an adult mindset and walking through life, really looking to grow fully in the areas that matter, rather than becoming a fully independent independent adult who hasn't really processed what experiences and situations that have happened to them and not being taught how things we do in our present situation can affect us as we get older. Because everything always comes back full circle, regardless of where you are now or age in your life. So your experience is going to bring such a unique perspective to this podcast. And I'm really excited to have you on and really excited to have you as a partner in the company. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to see what we do with this and what we can bring to this generation of young people to be able to watch them grow. Yeah, 100%. So what I want to do first is give you guys a little bit of the background of where this idea came from. Why do we come up with it, right? Like, why do we say for the youth? Why are you just targeting young people? Are y'all being weird? Like, no, So I just want to share <laughs> a little bit of the background because we both started with a passion for personal training and mental development. But Bridget, like you and I train people in different styles, but it's the same foundation at the root of it all, right? Yes, absolutely. We do primarily target different demographics. But what I love is that Supless products can be translated across all levels of athletes and even like everyday people. Totally. I mean, because when we met five or six years ago, I think I called you and I was like, hey, oh, I think I want these products because I've been training with this Olympic athlete, George Ivanov. I mean, shout out to the best wrestler LLC for all my wrestlers out there. Um, but I wanted to buy some products. And you were like, yeah, I'll give you a discount. I was like, sure. And we did talk for like five years after that moment. But I mean, I still follow you on social media. So. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. It's so but, crazy. I mean, like, but it's really, it's really cool to reconnect with you like six or seven months ago 
And we just clicked on this passion for soupless products and fitness. And I wanted to start a gym at the time and really give my clients this environment with similar elements to what we're creating now, but exclusively using fitness. So it's amazing how kind of how we transitioned to where we are now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's incredible. I'm so grateful that we've come to this place and like so quickly, like six months ago, we had not talked in years. And to create this vision for you to really actually push me to find my purpose and create a new passion that I've always had deep down inside of me with this demographic. I'm like so excited for what we have planned for this next year. Like they have no idea. <laughs> like I can't wait. 2022 baby. Let's go. Like I'm yeah. so ready for what we have planned. It's so crazy and unbelievable how close we are now. I mean, we're practically like best friends and you live in an entirely different state. We're doing this thing together and it just shows the chemistry and connection that's honestly been a natural thing for us from the get-go. Right. Yeah. You don't really need to be in the same state as someone. You don't have to leave your hometown. You don't have to do all this transitioning and moving to really connect with someone who agrees with you and has the same passion as you while also creating a space to learn from each other. So, you know, I would encourage anybody who's listening right now who just feels like they have a business or an idea or a goal for their life. And they're like, ah, like, I don't have anyone to share it with. Uh, just be confident in knowing yeah. that if you're patient and you wait for the right time, yeah. it will ultimately present itself. You know? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. I mean, you will get a partner, whether it's in business or life, who shares a passion that you have or really just makes you better and that they help you realize things about yourself that you may not have otherwise known. But you also add value to each other from a transactional perspective. So it's really cool because we were talking about like you flying up to, you know, help me open up the gym and it just turned into this entire partnership and this mission to create stronger leaders and the next generation. I mean, even you, like Bridget, with your background, I was just so impressed because you have 10 years as a professional trainer. You've trained so many people from celebrities to professional fighters to Olympic athletes. I mean, also like you, you've had your fair share of training and for you to be in this moment, in this space, in your life now. I mean, I bet you just never thought that you'd get this far when you started and let alone be willing to step in here and begin to put your purpose, put purpose with your accomplishments and work ethic. Definitely. This is a much bigger mission, but one I believe is so, 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 so needed for the youth is a really a calling that just happened to pull me into this space. Uh, it's a space that I think my soul has been craving to be in with the experiences that I've had. Uh, there's so much to be taught to the youth and to their mindset, to their bodies, to the way that they move and how that impacts them is just so important. And I can't wait to share that through this podcast and on this platform. And for that, I'm grateful because, you know, I believe like we talked about, or rather we always talk about how instant gratification is everywhere in the world now, which isn't bad in itself to have what you need in a moment's notice. But most of the time it's creating bad habits of you know, I want it now. I got to have it now. And if you don't have a 10 year plan, you're going to be left behind. You know that I want the million dollars. I want the billion. Like I just want to lead a company, develop an X strategy or just backing trends in hopes to be accepted by social media. Right. I mean, this it's like quick money. You see it all the time. And I'm not trying to knock people who have ads like this because it's, there's some who do this, who have a really good business model. But the how to start six visit six figure businesses in two days. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, like it's not two days, but like the point is they're emphasizing this quickness and like the now. But None of it is really teaching you how to create any sustainable principles dealing with the vehicle that is driving any of any and all the experiences that occur in our lives. And that is our mind, body and the decisions we make and the actions we take, which is what I love to speak on those five principles 
which is honestly my favorite talk, the five principles for sustainable life leadership, because it allows me the freedom to really connect it to the audience, connect it to the people. And that's what event planners book me for. And the relationships from those events are still something that I continue to contact with like to this day, which is why I wanted to kick off the season one, bringing you this, the book, you know, that started it all. It's titled Brick by Brick, Reshape Your Thinking. And we're really going to walk through the concepts in the entire book, focusing on each chapter each week and include some special guests as we get to subject matter chapters that I wrote about to add even more value to the podcast and for our listeners. So if you don't have your copy, go pick one up. <laughs> it's like it's, it's on Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, my website, for the youth website. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Yes, yes. You guys go get it. It's incredible. I'm so excited for this season because as a reader, it's like having the answers to the test. You know, like we can hear my perspective as a reader and then you can come in and give your perspective as the author. So, yes, we're going to break it down for sure. Break it down now. <laughs> so, mm, <yeah. laughs> I feel so old. So, <laughs> so, so if you guys... If you guys really want to walk through this with us, please do go get your copy. Like I said, it's on Amazon, on our website, ForTheYouthPodcast.com, titled Brick by Brick, Reshape Your Thinking. You can also get it from SeanTheSpeaker.com if you don't feel like typing. So get it, read it, ask us questions, send us questions, answer questions. But I mean, you guys can just reach out to us just by going to the website and clicking requests where you can give us your thoughts or recommend topics that you may want us to revisit or include in future episodes. So you know, jump into the conversation and I want you guys to read as we go along for the ride. And so with that, I want to dive right into the title introduction. Uh, so Bridget, what were your thoughts as a reader? Is there anything you got from it or the first thing that really stuck out to you in the book? Yeah. So the introduction is actually very captivating from the jump. Even the first paragraph, there's this part that instantly pulled me in mm-hmm. and it, it, it reads, This book teaches you how to reshape your mind and rebuild the foundation of not only your life, but challenging every idea or concept that has contributed to creating who you are as a person. That's on page nine. And like, it's a really important to call out. It's something that you don't really think about. How did I really get to where I am today? Like who thinks about that? So to be challenging every idea and concept that has contributed to creating who you are as a person as the first step completely captivated me and set the tone that this book is going to challenge me to think about myself and areas of my life that I've totally overlooked. You know, so I put that as the first line in the book with that exact intention, because it's in this section that authors talk about what the readers are going to get from the book. And most books like mine start off with explaining how they came up with these 10 steps to do X, Y, and Z to achieve ZYX, right? I mean, which for me is the complete opposite because it's like, no, we're going to fundamentally break down, you know, and then this is why I recommend you guys buy it and read along because when you read it, you begin to study this content and understand that it's a breakdown on each page. So you can begin practicing how this practical thought process can apply to your situation. That's why it's only 70 pages. I didn't make it thick. I didn't make it long. But each page is packed with nuggets and gems and things you want to know and think about that may be lost in your daily interactions and experiences just because right? it's just a habit. And maybe it's something you're not even thinking about because you know the world moves so fast. And that's why we created For the Youth Inc. with these workshops, assessments, and eBooks, and mentoring, because it gives you the chance to slow down and do something you may not always feel comfortable admitting to others. So this book and everything for the youth is meant to challenge everything that's coming into your mind, 
asking questions like what's in your environment? Like, what does that look like? What are you thinking about on a daily basis? What are you, I mean, for example, like Richard, your 10 year journey in training only now doesn't make sense what you went through, but I'm sure there were some moments that were certainly more defining than others that taught you what you needed to know or heal from in order to be able to add the value that you do add to this company. And you probably didn't think about it like as it was happening, but now it's helping you speak to our audience in this moment and relate to both yours and their situation. Exactly. Yeah. Me reading that was perfect because it did catch me off guard. And then the book continues. It goes on further. And I'm just like, oh, what? Really? Like, you know, uh, it's important to me and something that I feel like people and the youth really need to put into their perspective and understand, like you said in your book, is without a reshaped mind, our natural response is to make ourselves satisfied. So this is so crazy how much this is the world we live in right now. And it's obvious, obviously, like not very beneficial to life. Like most of the time, what I'm doing is not going to feel like I'm satisfying my true purpose. You know, like you said, 10 years ago, becoming a trainer and taking it to this next level. I thought my purpose was making people stronger. I thought I was going to be getting them to their physical goals, but Really, what was happening was I was teaching them to recognize and create habits of mentally reshaping their minds to get them to those goals and getting clients uncomfortable and not putting them in comfortable situations is what made them stronger. And that's what made them better. And that's what gets them medals. You know, those are the champions. (laughs) But what we do now in society and what's seeming to become a trend Because this like no boundary, instant gratification culture, we want to make things so easy for ourselves and often just want to do what's going to satisfy us in that moment, which is actually like most likely going to hurt you as you develop. Yeah, B, I mean, that, that's huge because I first heard something similar to that from Inky Johnson, who's a great guy. I mean, a phenomenal speaker. Love him as a speaker, as an author, and, and honestly, as a person. And I don't know him personally, but he just has a way of motivating you that teaches you about character development and things you have to consider when we think about how we're going to react and how we're going to respond in a situation. What is our training? What's going to happen in the moment of negativity or challenges? What happens when it doesn't come easy and you start to get pushed back? Because if you don't reshape your thinking, you're going to revert back to your training and you're just going to revert back to what you know. So when times of adversity come, when you start to get a little pushback, when you feel like you can't leave the environment that is causing you to fail, you're going to do what you've been training and thinking about and practicing. You're not going to respond differently just because you're having a vision. So you got to face that reality and decide and make a choice to be different, right? Your bills are due. This homework assignment's due. I got to listen to my parents or I have to do this and right, just complaining. Just stop complaining and start admitting that you have some healing to do and you have to stop blaming others for blocking your vision when it's really just your own mind sitting in your way because it doesn't know how else to think or understand or how to learn a new way to overcome, to triumph or to maintain consistent habits that allow the brain to decompress without being rewired to turn back to old habits. Exactly. Like on a scientific level, the pathways in your brain that are created through your experiences and through your environment are not always the healthiest for your brain. So creating new pathways by being uncomfortable and challenging yourself to learn and practice healthier mechanisms and understanding your body and harnessing your mind is what's going to heal you. It's just like you were saying, 
it all ties back to the brain health as well as the physical health, as well as the mindset and obviously reshaping the mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell, but Bridget really loves the brain and the body. Like she, <laughs> she loves connecting the two, which is why I said she's going to be such a valuable asset to the podcast and just to the company overall. So please tap her brain, connect with her. Feel free to reach out with us because she's really awesome and she knows a lot about what she does and why she does what she does. And actually, I mean, with that being said, you mentioned comfortability again in reactions and responses. And there's obviously a difference between reactions and responses, right? I mean, between dealing with it, living with it, and then healing from it. So there's like, you know, that that was written from, you know, that sentence about challenging what goes into who you are stretches out over the over the whole book. I mean, challenging the norm, right? That That's the whole goal. And so I want to explain just a little bit of what this means from reacting to something versus responding to something. And the best visual I can give for this comes from my many, 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 many years as a chemistry major in college. Um, no, for like two months, but it didn't work out. Though, so like, it did not work out. Okay, quantitative analysis tore me apart. But the cool thing about react, like, but the cool thing about reactions was that you know, it was essentially unpredictable. Either things happened very quickly or over time, but they always had to be observed because no matter what you're, no matter what, you're never going to get the exact same result, no matter how many times you run the experiment. But what's ironic is that we had to record what they call scientific responses in our journals, which meant we were recording our thoughts based on what we've seen and that we later study those notes to determine what we would decide to do next, whether it's draw a conclusion or draft or test another hypothesis. So essentially there was work that needed to be done before a response was recorded. And there was very little you could do during a reaction except watch it and hope it does what it's supposed to do. And so responses require a varying length of time before addressing an experience or maybe something that has happened or was spoken to you. But just as in the science labs, there's always a choice between accepting the results or rerunning the test and getting more data or even just doing more research before you try it again. But there was never a do over. Once you, I mean, once you initiate a reaction, you know, it just, you're just hoping for an outcome and hoping that it matches a hypothesis. And so dealing with it means, you know, maybe something may have happened to you or said to you, and you're trying to find a way to cope with life, knowing what's happened to you, but you're not looking at it as something you can use to help someone else, which is where the healing from, you know, the healing from it takes place or in creating something that helps others heal as a community rather than finding ways or outlets to try to live with it or just accepting the original outcome or what was said without considering other possible solutions. So choosing to heal is by far the hardest thing to do because there's so much that goes into why we do certain things that, you know, it triggers that lashing out and aggression and or even like shutting down and isolating yourself within your mind from the world around us. And so, you know, Bridget, I know your story, like a little bit from when you were younger and how you got to where you are. And so I really want to show them an example of this. So can you give an example of something you either realize now that you just dealt with at the time and possibly reacted to, but now you respond to it, you know, when you have those feelings today and and like how those deferred from then? Oh, Sean, (laughs) this is a tough one. There is so much that has happened to me. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to get you a book. <laughs> you, need to, <laughs> you need to write a book because yes. like, you, you have so yeah. much to offer. But like <laughs> when you're in this situation a lot in your life, like you're just looking for ways to deal with it, which meant, you know, for you, it was like escaping from it. So when you would come home or you would look for activities to be involved in because you were athletic growing up, right? I mean, I'm sure you had this passion for sports, but what was going on in your environment was turning your passion into a vacation or almost like a safe place to avoid healing from the problem. And so you were living with it and dealing with it at the same time by going to school 
but also having to live up to expectations that you put on yourself and set by your environment, which was never really consistent, which is what I'm sure a lot of you listeners are experiencing today or feel like you're heading towards that path of going through something. You're just taught to deal with it. And this is not saying that your parents are bad or people are bad, because I do see a transition happening in this generation where our society is starting to learn that this is an issue and mental health is an important consideration to someone's performance in all aspects of life. And I love it because we're starting to learn that you can't just say, get over it. And I know growing up for me, it was, you know, you got to live with it. You got to deal with this because this is what we have. Right. But even in that, like it may be what we have, but it doesn't have to impact what I become. And that's how I use this situation to propel me into my future consistently and successfully. So, you know, Bridget, moments where you were at a game or doing an activity over here and you're getting to the end of it and it just starts to get, you know, it starts getting hard to think, hard to move, hard to breathe because the, the distraction's over, the vacation's over. So you just revert back to your training in those moments, like when your household wasn't what it needed to be. And so you you had to deal with it using sports as a Band-Aid and it wasn't ever really a healing mechanism. It was just, I'm going to occupy my brain by doing something else. I'm going to live with it by doing something else. So Bridget, break down that experience for you. And when did that moment come when you healed from it or did you ever heal from it? Yeah. So like you said, I lived in a household that was very combative for everyone. There was just a lot of fighting going on constantly. And I was always trying to figure out how I could deal with this. So I did. Um, My brain wasn't actually in a space where I couldn't respond. I literally, I had to react. So I would go straight to sports I signed up for every sport, every team sport I could possibly sign up for, for like every season so that I could get out and go to practice. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was, it was the best experience for me, but also it never actually allowed me to address the issue. So it followed me for years and years and probably a little bit, even to this day, in some ways, it was definitely something that I used as my way to get out of that environment, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like in ways I, I'm still healing from it and learning how to communicate because those things are imprinted in my brain. And of course, it's a natural reaction for me to react the way they did. You know, we're usually not equipped to handle moments like these at that age. So it ended up taking a lot of counseling. Um, I had to ask for help. I mean, to truly begin my journey of healing from that situation fully, you know. So, I mean, yeah. you guys, I probably didn't heal from it until I was in my late 20s because it took a long time because I didn't have the resources or the help to even try to figure it out. Um, that's why I want to be a part of For the Youth because I want you all figuring this out now in your late and not like in your late 20s or early 30s. That's when you could literally be consistently succeeding and thriving and being aware of yourself so your healing process doesn't become a stumbling block for your growth. You know, like obviously you're going to be healing throughout your whole life but not from those experiences of your youth and not understanding why they happened or what they added or took away from your life in that moment so that you know what's missing. And no, it is not. I want you to know it's not your fault. No, it's just a trauma. And you don't want to start, like Sean's book says, digging and digging. You don't want to be digging holes, covering it up and trying to find these different sources. A hundred percent. And I think you said it the best way possible because I think, I mean, honestly, the transition's into our next point perfectly of satisfaction and comfort, because at a certain point, things are happening. And as a young person, as a growing adult, you're kind of stuck in it with life as it is for the most part. And you can't really change what has happened to you because you weren't really aware or in a position to truly understand that you have a choice or or even a voice. And so our brains are so resilient that we'll find a way to be comfortable with what's happening. And it will almost become the new normal 
where the moments we experience something like true freedom or, you know, true independence, our brain is just not used to that. We're used to this chaotic environment. So you're used to, you know, you're not really comfortable unless you have that chaos around you. So you ultimately start to do things and make decisions that create this chaos because that's what you're used to and that's what's normal for you. But the reality is our normal can often be someone else's trigger or emotional manipulation that causes them to feel that they can't ever escape the environment they're trying to escape from. And, and that's another topic for another episode. But, you know, that dissatisfaction that we talk about comes from being OK with not being OK. It's being able to look at yourself and say, I'm not happy with the way things happened to me when I was younger. I'm not happy with the way that things are going in my life. I don't like this chaotic feeling. I don't need someone else to be my replacement. I don't need something else to be my fulfillment. I need to learn how to take the time and heal. And if there are resources that come in the form of more experienced people or things like books and activities and podcasts or small groups that we can use, you know, we must use them now before things start to get worse. Because it's almost like if, if you don't try and learn this while you're living in this environment, as in your case, Bridget, I mean, the second you get by yourself, you're going to seek things out you know, and create experiences that are going to mess you up. And so otherwise, you you know, you just kind of run away. And I know that you have a story with that too, but you know, you had, you had this moment where it's like, you just wanted to get away. Like even had plenty of these moments where, I, I mean, I even had plenty of these moments where I just wanted to get out too. And I turned to sports as well, because, you know, growing up without a father, single parent household, it wasn't chaotic, but it was very lonely and lacking because I didn't have any idea how to become the man I am today or the man I thought I was supposed to be. And as I got older, the goal was just to be a better you know, a husband and to be a better father. There should be a man, like be a man from a fundamental level. And I had no idea because I hadn't seen any person, any man other take under their wing and would be there for me and help me truly understand what it is to be a man. And so although there was this one teacher in fifth grade who pushed me in ways, I think only a select few would understand. I mean, this teacher who saw potential in me before I saw it in myself would hand me multiplication tests and give me like half the time as everyone else. He would literally stand over me with a stopwatch and like watch me beat even That's his awesome. expectations. Like he gave me like 25 seconds to do a you know 25 page multiplication problem in fifth grade. Oh so, gosh. you know, <laughs> you know, I, I turned, you know, and, and I had it, I had to turn to what I knew was the best. And then that was ultimately God. And so it was ultimately the community and the church which taught me that there is a community, there is love and there is hope and a truth that's much bigger than me ultimately. And I, and I could have, could I have found it without Christ? No, because I don't think it would have been as authentic as it is now when you truly understand Christ in the church and, and you get over the church hurt. Like I've been hurt too. You know, your, your parents force you to go, you win the past, the pastor deacon, such and such said whatever. Like I've been through it all. I've led ministries, been in ministries or this and that happened. I've been there. Like, but you know, it's not the person we're dealing with though. It's the heart, it's the mind. And one, we can't really connect that back to God. We can't, we have to separate out the two. And what we really want to start to reconcile and begin rebuilding that relationship. Like we want to try and stop allowing these temporary emotions to create a satisfaction and a comfort and pain and project and, and then projecting that pain onto others just because this is your new normal. You don't have to live with this hurt. I don't have to live with what I'm going through. You don't have to, you know, just deal with it. And so as you know, the generation before knowingly or unknowingly just sort of push that on us. Like we, you know, we can actually heal from these moments and it's okay to not be satisfied where you are because you know that there is something out there for you, even right where you are now and in this moment. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so perfect. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
So this is like a perfect time to move to the next topic we were talking about because this all translates into the environment and the mind and not really allowing what's going on to like change you. Yeah. And I think for me, it is just being mature enough to understand that if I turn to things that are negative to cope or to compensate, it'll only make my situation worse. So even before I start to react, it was a thought that challenged me to reconsider that if I do this, it's only going to hurt my people. Like when I was you know, in, in, in home, when I was younger, it's only going to upset my mom. It's only going to hurt things. It's going to make things worse. It just make the situation worse and create more problems for my mom who has already has the stress of living life with raising two kids by herself and has no pro- like, you know, it has problems that I don't even know about things I can't solve just because I'm a kid. But I knew that I could start with being mindful of my behavior and my attitude. I knew that, you know, I I couldn't do anything if I'm behind bars. I can't do anything if I'm dead. I can't protect my family if I'm out here doing things that she doesn't like. How can I be an example of the man I wish I had in my life? And so, you know, it was that question that really gave me the opportunity that I took at 11 years old to just try and do that, to try to do it the best I could. You know, but the point is, it's just I did not allow environment, my environment to really get into my mind. And yes, I made mistakes, as we all do. Um, but, you know, we've all allowed our environments to have that effect on us. But, you know, for you, Bridget, I mean, being in your environment, right? I mean, you said you put yourself in a situation where sports were just because you want to focus on something else. And in some ways, you still kept a piece of yourself today that you're much more in tune with. But, you know, you said it yourself, you're still healing. But like, there's still a piece of you from that moment. And so I'm curious about your mindset and that environment. How did you keep yourself from making bad decisions that would lead into worse outcomes? Because it's not going to heal you know, the situation. Yes. Yes. I, I love this question because I do have things in me that kept me from going way, way, way too far, you know? Um, but I also don't like this question, um, because I had to learn the hard way when I did feel like really lost and alone and was looking for love in like all the wrong places. Um, but the main factor that really kept me, me was, was God. I mean, I grew up going to church every Sunday and youth group on Mondays. Uh, My parents, by consistently taking me to church, did help me to create good values and show me I was loved by our God, you know? So I do think for all you listening who are not into Jesus or did not go to church or feel like you need to know, I feel like you need to know we are all like wonderfully made and we are all loved by our creator. And you do have a conscious Uh, and an understanding of what is good, even if you are around a lot of things that are not good. I mean, you are made from and with love and it's, it's your choice with every little decision that you make to come out of this and find your true self, or you can make the choice to stay and repeat what you have been taught in the environment you grew up in. Um, I personally got myself into bad situations and into trouble when I was seeking love in all the wrong places. So, um, I have to not only heal from an environment now (laughs) that was out of my control, but then creating more chaos and trauma that needed healing and just completely dug me into this, like so many more holes by reacting and not responding. Yeah. uh, You know, and I I believe that because, you know, because it's like you're compensating and, and it may not feel like it at the time, but if you really just slow down and take a moment, you're often using other things to compensate for what you lack. And it's just a Band-Aid. You're, you know, you're putting a Band-Aid over a problem that needed surgery. And I think I may have said this, in, you know, said this in my book. But the point is, you don't want to create these problems that are just being stacked on top of each other because eventually your foundation is going to fall because it isn't strong enough to, you know, to support what you're building on top of it. So no matter, you know, how good, you know, and, and it, it, you know, how good your life may be or what, what the success that you're doing, if you try to put that on top of a rocky foundation, I really don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just going to fall apart. 
you know, like if you ask any contractor and some of you whose parents are contracts or who are contractors now, you, you understand that you try to put an expensive house, you know, on top of this, this week, two by four, you know, like it's just going <laughs> to yeah. fall apart. Like your house is going to fall apart. I don't care how cute the house looks up top. If there's no structure underneath, your house is going to fall mm-hmm. apart. You know, you need those strong eight by tens drilled into the foundation because it's a stronger base that can support the natural elements and the wear and tear that comes with the home. So whatever you're trying to build, you know, in your foundation of your thinking or thought process is not really going to last. And so you want to make sure that whatever success that you thought you could maintain can actually be sustained with foundational thinking and understanding of yourself so that you know what's going to set it off and what's going to escalate those hidden reactions and cause just everything to fall out underneath you, but also what's going to help you continue to build and grow and establish more things on top of it. You know, get those get those renovations and really keep your house looking pristine. And so you really have to be careful when you start to use these compensating mechanisms like placing people or things on top of these pedestals and just know that your environment doesn't have to become who you are and doesn't have to define who you are. Yeah. Yeah, we want to make sure that first of all, as we're growing, as we're transitioning, as we're getting all of this knowledge, we respect the process of time. <laughs> we want to slow down, like, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. I mean, the key is to slow down, to stay at a mm-hmm. pace where we're not going too fast. We're not rushing. We're acknowledging that things have happened. We're creating this foundation underneath us of recognizing, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z has happened to me. Like, I need to take a minute before I do anything else. And for some of you, that can mean removing yourself from certain people. And I know I've talked about this, you know, later on in the book, and we'll get there later, but you really have to understand that sustainable success is created by waiting for your moment and then using your moments to break out because things are going to start to make sense. And so now, Bridge, I want to leave this open for you to kind of talk about your accomplishments, because a lot of people think doing things, you know, this way, like slowly and sort of building, it's like they're going to miss something in life. But here you are, this quiet unicorn, big deal in the fitness industry, like, (laughs) you know, as a partner of like an international brand that has obviously allowed you the opportunity to train some pretty amazing clientele. I mean, how long did it take you to get to where you are doing it this way, you know, slowing it down and really seeking to understand yourself and healing from the past? Because everybody wants to be that person that's like, oh, I'm all over the world. They knew who I am, but, you know, and they they just truly miss it. You know, I I believe they they, they just think if you just go, 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 go without ever building anything sustainable, you know, but you stay in the conversation <laughs> like you, you, yeah. you and Supless, like, you, you know, you're still known. Like people know you. They call Supless and they know you. Right. I mean, getting these athletes to call you and even other trainers to trust you. So just what's that process? Yeah. Like? Uh, it's definitely takes time. And it did take a I, I personally took the long route, you know, the possibly the longest route possible <laughs> because I didn't get my college degree. I had to do a lot of work. I still was able to create that environment where I could train these types of athletes, but it took years and years and I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I I pushed through. I mean, it took me banging on Yvonne's door. Who's like the Olympic wrestling coach who created Supless. I was banging on his door. I was emailing him. He was in Bulgaria and then he was back in Boise and I finally got like back in touch with him and I just worked my butt off. Like I went from owning my own personal training business to hosting it inside of the Supless facility just so I could be in that environment consistently and constantly. Um, but honestly, taking normal like fitness people into a wrestling gym and teaching them this like unconventional <laughs> methods of fitness yeah. uh, was like a really huge transition and a really cool test, you know, on, on what I was doing and people 
trusting me. And uh, just to be there, I was working in the warehouse also. You guys, like, I had to do the work. I was in the yeah. warehouse. I was packing. I was moving equipment. I was in the sales office. I was literally working in like, every aspect of Avon's business with him. It was it was crazy. It was a crazy experience, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had to grind it. It took years uh, to get the respect of me working with Avon one-on-one. And following him around for years, day in and day out, working all the time. Like I worked so much with blood, sweat, and tears, running courses, running workshops, running booths, doing all this stuff to get to that point. Yeah. And then they started to associate me with Yvonne and being associated with him earned me tons of respect because of the work he had already done. And the, all the while I was working hard to earn his respect, you know, like yeah. it all came full circle. So that's what got me to that state where people would start to call and ask for me because people knew who I was because I was Avon's person. I was the person to talk to in order to actually get to Avon sometimes actually. So <laughs> yeah. like it just became something that you just have to put the work in. You have to slow down. You have to know you've got to grind. You've got to do the work. It will pay off. It will be uncomfortable. But just put yourself in the environment where you can be pushed. You know, like I'm not a wrestler, but I'm yeah. around Olympic level wrestlers and I'm training them and they're humbled because what Avon has given me and how I and how I execute it, you know, from yeah. all that he's passed on. So finding a mentor, finding someone that you respect and really care about and someone you know, knows cares, you know, that they care about you as well and has the same values and character traits. That's really important um, to associate yourself with uh, people who are better than you constantly, like that yeah. never ends. So now, no matter what stage you're at, if you were the most successful person, you should find a room that has way more successful people than you, <laughs> you yeah. always be looking for that. Yeah. Uh, but none of that happens if you don't heal and process your life because it takes a lot of self-control and humility and to maintain that self-worth and confidence when you're not seeing the fruits of your labor manifest right away you don't have to deal with giving up on yourself because you're confident and enjoying and knowing that it's like what you're doing and why you're there you understand that whole process and you're comfortable in it yeah, I mean, that's good. Like, I love it. I mean, I love how humble you are. I mean, Bridget, y'all, she's short selling herself. Like, she, no, she is a beast. All right, she is a beast. She didn't even tell you about how she had this small studio, really the big, like, fit 10 people and, like, reaching max capacity of, like, 20 to 30 in her earlier years. Like, she had to limit her classes because they got so full. Like, she <laughs> literally started, you know, from the bottom. Yeah, it was the longest route, but, you know, she's absolutely a gifted woman. And Aww. I really appreciate everything that she does Aww. and like who she is and where she started because like that gave you, you know, that platform like to heal and grow. Like because you were starting so small, yeah. it really gave you a platform to start where you could start to heal from what's going through before assuming this role as partner in like this huge international company. You had to heal from these moments right. as you were getting there. Totally. Yeah. I had to heal and I literally had to start from nothing. Like just training everyday people who like wanted to focus on typical weight management, you know, but I didn't really want to train that. And not that that's a bad thing. I mean, I want to help people get to their goals, but I wanted it to be, I really, really wanted to be in an athletic environment. It was like my roots. I wanted to train athletes and I did it coming from nothing. Like I said, I mean, I had no clients started my own business and built it to where I had like a small studio I was working out of and I maxed that out. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to think that, that you, you have to like humble yourself. You have to start from 
nothing, you know, and you have to slow yourself down um, and be okay with like how long it takes because that process is growing you to be where you're supposed to be. I mean, always, always, always be a student, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, I love that you said that because a lot of times people look at where they came from and maybe where they are now and really look at like reality is not lining up with the vision and they're just not sure how to get back on track, you know, but it's, it's, it's just, you, you know, you're getting there just by being consistent. You get there by being consistent, but also knowing when it's okay to slow down and understand how to heal and give yourself permission to do so. And we'll talk about that more throughout the podcast and you guys will learn more about us as we continue to go through the book. But of course you can buy the book and skip ahead and hear our thoughts after you can connect with us and even take our who's leading your life assessment on our website where you'll get the chance to meet Bridget and myself as we personally provide you with your assessment or your assessment results Uh, yeah Yeah, we're not far off we're we encourage your feedback and requests um, by just going to our homepage and clicking on the link where you can ask us questions provide feedback and even make requests for details on future topics like we want to know what you guys think so we love what we're doing and we love to give your you insight and be a resource to receive understanding of what you're going through you know we get it we get a huge differences grow we i mean we've had huge differences growing up in this society and coming up in this culture i mean but we want you to know that it takes uh what it takes to not only succeed in life but also how to do it consistently even if you make mistakes along the way I mean, it continues to build and create this sustainable success, not only in business for, or some personal, like professional purpose, but just for a life purpose, you know, yourself yeah. and and know who you are. Yeah, absolutely, V. Before we go, um, one thing I also wanted to say about your book is at the end of your intro, you say brick by brick is designed to be short and simple because it's the smallest changes in your life that will lead to the most significant impact. Like this is huge, 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 you guys. Um, But uh, it is also like a short book. Like that is what I appreciate because it's straight to the point. Anyone can read this book, but it's definitely... um, I mean, you're going to get so much out of it. I hope you guys go pick it up like right now. <laughs> go get it. <laughs> yeah, because it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's what it's really all about. I mean, like you all listening to the podcast is a small step because it's going to make a big impact on your life because we're not giving you anything less than 100% transparency authenticity and pulling out the best in you that already exists. And so before mm-hmm. we go, we want to leave you with the scripture of the day. And today's scripture is Romans 13, 11, where it says it will be tempting to start this process when things are better or calmer, when you're richer or older, or when you feel stronger spiritually, but this will set you up for defeat. Start now because time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So thank you guys for listening to today's episode of For the Youth Podcast, where youth are all that matter.